Friends, I begin the show with sad news. Biff Rose died last week. It was not unexpected, but again, it's sad news. I've talked about Biff here before. I've loved his work, and I mean loved it, since I was a boy. And we became friends about 25 years ago. He was a songwriter of rare brilliance, and to me, among the all-timers, right up there. An inspired pianist, the kind of performer who made you laugh out loud and then sob uh, on a dime. His mind, his words, Christ. To have a conversation with him was to dive into a flood of puns and allusions, spoonerisms, obscure references, knee-slapper juxtapositions, topic transitions that would give you whiplash. He'd tell you these hilarious, acutely observed tales about people he'd known, Springsteen and Bowie, to Johnny Carson and Hugh Hefner, and not to mention Charlie Manson. Uh, (laughs) It was exhilarating if you had the sensibility and the ability to surf that onslaught. You know, that's hooked to it. It's like pulling a switch and lighting up the brain cells that you never usually needed. And we would laugh and riff and trade insults and toasts, and we had some amazing times. We had corresponded a little bit before meeting, because I reviewed a new album of his. But the first time we actually met in person, we were introduced by my friend Steve Espinola before a gig in New York City. And just the prospect of finally seeing him perform and personally meeting him was thrilling enough. But then came the show. So Biff sat down at the piano and announced my presence as if there was some kind of celebrity in the house. And then he went on to improvise a medley of every song I had mentioned to him in my letters. This was a virtuoso personally tailored mix of some of my all-time favorite songs performed by their composer. So, of course, it's like, whoa. And uh, then just what they call in New Orleans a lanyap, right? He threw in an impromptu passage from Charles Ives. It was overwhelming. It was one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever received. I mean, these were the songs that had held me through lonely, youthful times. I'd come home from school after being shunned and tormented and abused by students and teachers alike. And I'd listen to Biff's records. And the humor and the spirit, the confidence and the sentimentality of it, it helped my soul heal. Many years later, when a relationship I was in was dying really ugly, Biff's work sang me through it and fucking helped explain it to me. And on that night, all those songs, one after the other, just a committed, perfect performance with his eyes on me. And then he throws in fucking Charles Ives and lifted it into something, I don't know, even more transcendent. It was weeping. And then it was another time, years later, he and I went bar hopping through the village, stopping into whichever venues and dives still remained from the early 60s when he first got noticed, the, alongside Bob Dylan, Phil Oaks, and the rest of them. This was a delirious night. We'd bounce from place to place, and we'd stumble downstairs into this one here, and then we'd tuck around the corner of that one there. And he'd 
point someplace uh, the table you know and bring another incredible story to life share another remarkable personality sketch all this right from the horse's mouth and we even ran across a few old timers who knew biff and chimed in with their own tales it was a blissful night it's like a dream new york city belonged to us and i would relive it a thousand times if i could anyway along with all the fun stuff and the weird stuff there were moments of unexpected depth we had some conversations after 9-11 and after Katrina that were like frank and moving and really helpful to each of us, I think, dealing with those disasters in our lives and in our respective cities. He was from New Orleans, I was from New York, and we both lost people we loved. You never got what you might expect out of Biff, unless you expected nothing but Biff, and that was plenty. I loved him, and I liked him, and I enjoyed him. So today I lift a toast to the great incandescent Biff Rose. Thank you for the music that I'll always love for the times we shared. You were a genius, you were absolutely yourself, and I treasure your memory. It was an honor to know you, Biff. And thank you folks for your indulgence, and welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. This is Biff Rose. circus I went to see the cotton candy world and make me lots of money on my own for Molly oh my pretty Molly she's waiting all alone someday soon I will return to her I made the big time bright lights show biz I'm really in the circus There's only one thing wrong I haven't saved a penny On my own For Molly Ah, my pretty Molly But she's writing every day Molly understands So it's okay Boxcar and see a thousand children, young and old. Oh, that grease paint smile can hide your soul. Here comes the carousel, guess which town it is. Feel the thrill. Grease paint covers everything, but winter's chill.
letter The ink is fading And the page is turning yellow Long ago I promised Molly Don't you know Some beautiful sentimentality there from Biff Rose, the late Biff Rose. Started this show a while back, and that's uh, how this summer's been going. Nothing seems to get off the ground. However, here we are. And since I did that little tribute to Biff, we've also lost other people. And I'm not usually prone to do all this eulogizing on the show. In most cases, it's about people who, uh, no, just special favorites of mine, like Norma Tanega, people I did know, like Neil Innes, and people I was friends with, people who meant a great deal to me personally, like Biff Rose and Nick Tashas. There's other people who are just important and whose music did mean something to me, even though I wasn't like a huge fan. Robbie Robertson is in that category. You might have heard Brad talking about his friendship with the band on one of our movie music shows, the 70s movie music, which there will be a third one coming up soon, I swear to God. Um, so he was friends with Robbie, but I, I never met him. So I'm going to play something by the band. It's almost too well known to bother with on this show, but I was recently thinking I should loosen up on that and play more things that I just like, even if they're really well known and often heard. What's the difference? I mean, it's music, you know, it's, it's fresh every time you hear it, generally, unless it's totally overplayed. This might fall into that category for some people. But I'm going to play the band, and I'm going to play The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. It's from The Last Waltz, which Brad was talking about, because he was there. Mainly because, well, it's a good performance, but it has Alan Toussaint's horn section. And it adds so much to the song. Just from the very opening, his arrangement is just splendid. But on the topic of what I was just mentioning about playing favorite songs rather than just interesting, obscure freshies. I was talking to a friend of mine, Colin Gibbons. We've talked about him on the show before. A friend of mine from England who's an enormous music fan, one of these real devotees. I met him at a show that I did in Paris and he came back to shows I did in Ireland and in Norway and in Paris again. Just a fantastic guy. And I was telling him that I was thinking about doing a show like that. And I said, hey, I bet you have some uh, interesting selections that are favorites of yours. So he sent me a file of a bunch of tunes, almost apologetically. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think he asked for this much stuff. But it was a great gift because I knew some of the artists, but none of the songs. And they're all just terrific. And I could actually build a Collins special out of it. But I think I'd prefer to just distribute them across a few shows. And here while we're talking about the band, we have a couple of things that have a connection to Dylan in a way. One of them is by the 
bluegrass, I guess you call him musician, David Grisman. I think he calls his genre dog music, D-A-W-G. And that's his right, damn it. And he does the song Pretty Sarah, which Dylan also did a version of, I forget on what album. Might have been one of the bootleg ones or something. But this is a beautiful version of this song. And I'm gonna play that after you hear the band. And then a track by a band called Mouse and the Traps. My only knowledge of them before was this track called A Public Execution. Didn't know of any of their other work. And this is great stuff. It's late 60s stuff. It's got a real Dylan influence. And we got one here. You'll see what I mean. Sometimes you just can't win. So these two songs, the Grisman song and the Mouse and the Trap song, are courtesy of Colin Gibbons. And thank you, Colin, for that and so much more. And we'll be hearing more of his selections later in the show, probably, and certainly on subsequent shows. Enough talk. Let's get to the late Robbie Robertson and the band. Why don't you kick it off for us, Maestro Toussaint?
down in some old valley in a far distant place where the wild birds do whistle and the notes do increase farewell pretty sorrow I'll bid you adieu and remember my darling wherever I go my loved one won't have me and I understand she wants a freeholder and I have no land Buy her those nice things that she would hold. It's not the long journey I'm ready to go, nor leave in this country. For a debt that I owe There's nothing that grieves me Nor bothers my mind Like leaving my darling Pretty sorrow behind Sometimes, sometimes you just can't win. 
window Throw my suitcase out there too Throw my troubles out the door I don't need them anymore Cause tonight I'll be staying here with you One of my favorite Bob Dylan records is that one. Just the feel of it is so... I don't know. The vibe is enthusiastic. And the song is no bullshit. It's just a straight-up song about feeling. Figured I'm talking about Dylan. I may as well play the real thing, you know? Now, as I'm talking here to you right now, my son, within the hour, has disembarked a plane in Ohio. Went to visit a friend of his down there for the weekend. Going to go to this amusement park there, Cedar Point, which is no Knobles based on the pricing. I'll tell you, hooey. But I hope it's great. Hope he has a great time. He needs a great time. He's been having it kind of tough lately. So I'm going to play a song for Miles. It's a song by Snail's House. He's a fan of Snail's House. And this song, actually, uh, the main lick from it is what he uses as his ringtone. So, so the song is called Waiting For You, Waiting For You. And the lick that I mentioned is kind of a acoustic guitar loop. So put me in mind of that sound. And so after Snail's House, I'm going to go to something by Linda Lewis. Really interesting artist. Did a bunch of albums and a lot of different styles. Has one of those voices that some people might not dig. It's a little high girly kind of sound. I, I think it's cool. This song's called Moles. It's from a self-titled album from 1973. And then we'll go to this kind of oddball character. Sort of comes from the world of Leo Kotke and John Fahey, but he's even weirder. Robbie Basho, an interesting mystical character. He recorded between the mid-60s and the mid-80s. He accidentally killed himself. I'm not sure of the details. Not sure I want to know. Might be like Vaughn Bodie or something like that. I don't know. But he is an acquired taste. I find his singing to be sort of similar to that... Um, keening, plaintive John Jacob Niles thing. And his music owes a lot to that American primitive guitar thing, but also a lot of Eastern music, Indian music and whatnot. See what you think. When I was a teenager hoping to find Bonzo Dog Band or other exotic delights on FM radio, particularly Sacred Heart University's WSHU out of Fairfield, certain DJs would play a lot of Robbie Basho, and every time it came on, I'm like, oh, God, and I knew it was time for me to go to the bathroom. But times change, and so do tastes, and I dig it. Blue Crystal Fire is the name of the song, and let's get started with Snail's House, and I send it out with love to my boy.
what you say. You mean kind of watch my step, huh? That's the idea. Oh, sure. I've been in these joints before. You have? Oh, yes. I used to belong to a policeman's nudist colony. A policeman's nudist colony? Yeah, that's where all the dicks hang out. Oh. A few idiosyncratic verbal interjections there, because I wasn't sure whether you'd find this track of music interesting enough on its own. It's Wild Horses, performed by the organist Norm Johnson on Roller Skate Records. It's a label that just made organ music to play in roller rinks. Strikes me that maybe I don't play enough of this oddball stuff that I accumulate. Yeah, weird instructional records and specialty recordings like that. I like that stuff. I should use it more in the show. I think it would add a little spice. (laughs) 
<laughs> or something to the show. I mean, I've got to trust you as a listener that you're going to be uh, open to uh, the uh, oddball. You know, I know you are. I know you are. I'm just a little timid, you know. I'm, 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 I'm like a tender fawn, and I got to buck up. So why don't we just listen to this music? I'm going to trust you to just enjoy the rest of this piece. Let's go. Coming up, I got one of those obscure 60s bands that I enjoy so much. This one's called The Frederick. And I got a song by them called All About Judy. I kind of like it. It's a weird thing. It's It's got a swing tempo to it, kind of. And they use a melodica. Now, recently, I've been playing those tracks using the recorder, which is one of these kid instruments. But it's a real instrument, you know. And so is the melodica. It's a kid instrument, but it's legit. And The Frederick uses one on All About Judy. A virtuoso of the melodica really did unique things with it. It was Augustus Pablo, who I have played on the show before. Reggae legend. Going to play a track by him called Feeling Moody. So, you know, we're looking at a mixed grill here. I think out of Augustus Pablo, I'm going to go into something a little longer. Fits into the category of uh, jazzy prog. More proggy jazz, actually. Yeah, maybe not even proggy. Maybe not even really jazz. I don't know. <laughs> Brian Auger's Oblivion Express with A Better Land. He did all those records with Julie Driscoll. I'm not really into her stuff, but I like this. The whole album, A Better Land, I think is a good album. So this is, like I say, mixed grill. But just because I'm playing some of this kind of dippy stuff like The Circle and The Frederick, I don't want you to think I'm gone soft. No. No. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Rudimentary Peni. <laughs> not going soft. Rudimentary peni are not for everybody. They're not to every taste. But at least the tunes don't last very long. So just remember that when you hear the Brian Auger track, if you're thinking to yourself, man, this one's going on a bit. You know, the rudimentary peni weren't so bad. Kind of miss rudimentary peni. One of the things I like about him is Nick Blinko, the leader of the band, has a good sense of humor, and he did all the artwork for the band. He's great pen and ink scrawl punk underground art kind of covers. I guess I can compare it to Away from uh, Voivod, creating a real visual identity from within the band. And in both cases, it's not slick or pretentious or whatever you want to call it. The kind of stuff kids would scroll in their notebooks in school when you're bored, when you're dreaming of having a band. So these guys held on to it. It's fantastic. Here's a song by them called Radio Schizo which might describe the following set. Here we go.
side is so very hard to do as I sit here by your side but soon you will find I want you to be mine the first time I met you was when my best friend wanted you to and like a fool I let him be and now look what it's done to me but soon he'll be gone and then I'll come along I want to be the one to hold your hand won't you let me be you one and only loving man please give me this one chance to be yours it's all up to you now make up your mind is it him or me Am I yours or are things just the same way as they were before I've never done you wrong you've known that all along
from that wonderful year for music, 1971. Right up there with 1965, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Brian Auger's Oblivion Express. He named the band that because he figured they were doomed to failure. So, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that level of defeatism. And they ended up lasting a long time. May still be using that name for his bands these days. I understand defeatism, but I also understand combating it. This show helps me do that, especially those of you who keep in touch, comment on the show. Almost everybody who comments on the show now does it either uh, through email or on the Patreon. 201, it's always Patreon subscribers who comment. I get these little spikes in the regular listenership to this show. It comes and goes, usually goes dramatically when I've said something political. But there is any number of reasons they could account for it. But if people don't communicate, I don't know what they're thinking. Not that I want anybody critiquing the show or anything. God knows I don't want that. But it does make me wonder, and I come to this thing every year, do I keep the Podbean show going? Because I, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it makes any sense, really. I guess in about a month i got to pay for another year if I'm going to do that. Or just stay with Patreon. Not sure. But I'm not plugging the Patreon here anymore because it's pointless. However, I'll just reiterate for people who may want to contact me that you can leave messages here. You can probably leave messages through the Patreon even if you're not on it. And I have an email which is mcvouty at optonline.net if you want to get in touch with me. I've been pretty bad about email this summer because it's been a tough summer as I mentioned. But... I'll work on that. And speaking of the political thing, I'm not really planning on doing much of that talk anymore. Not that I'm afraid of alienating people, I really don't give a shit about that. I just don't want to bore the people who are loyal to the show, whether they agree or disagree with me politically. I've learned from bitter experience that there's no point in discussing this stuff even with the people you consider to be your closest and dearest. And when I look at how things are crumbling beneath our feet right now, that defeatism creeps in. And I think the more I talk about it, the more I, uh, I don't know, maybe the harder it is to distract myself from it. On the other hand, it's speaking my mind that in and of itself is one of my main points about everything. So I'll ponder it a little bit, I don't know. Right now, play some music. You might recall when Miles and I did a special little bit on Over the Garden Wall, this animated cartoon. The music from that was by a group called The Blasting Company. They're real antiquarians, you might say. And they've been doing some work with a kindred spirit, Van Dyke Parks. Comes up on the show a lot. I got a song called Old Summer Reckoning that they collaborated on. And it's very much Van Dyke Parks and it's very much Blasting Company. I think their influence on him at this point is salubrious. Because I don't like a lot of the stuff he's done in recent years, but this sounds like Van Dyke Parks to me. The Van Dyke Parks I dig. Then we'll hear one of the Three Little Pieces by Anton Webern from his Three Little Pieces. What do you know about that? Real early 20th century, atonal, abstract stuff, but it's short. It's a little piece, and I hope it brings you a little piece. And now I want to tell you something about an artist named Shira Small. She recorded only one album in 1974. She lived in Harlem and somehow wound up in some kind of a Quaker boarding school for a couple of years, and while she was there, one of the instructors thought she had musical talent, 
So they raised some money and they made this album. A few hundred copies of it for friends and family and all. And it was one of these things that's been rediscovered. Numero Group put it out. It's just a really good album. She's a strong performer, strong writer, and she has a very optimistic point of view. And I also love that she feels like she did what she wanted to do and never did anything else musically, but she's contented with it. And I can really appreciate her non-defeatist attitude and her non-careerist satisfaction. Characteristically, here's one called My Life's All Right. The album is called The Line of Time and The Plane of Now. That makes it sound a lot spacier than it actually is. It isn't spacey at all. And I'll throw a few more selections in there, but I'll talk about them after the set. Here's Old Summer Reckoning with The Blasting Company and Van Dyke Parks.
girl, it seems to me that you will always be very close to me, close to me, very close to me now. Tell you now At a time like this My feelings can't be helped That's the way it is The way it is Oh, the way it is now You're listening to part of the score from a movie called Princess Mononoke. Scores by a composer named Joe Hisaishi. 
It's a Studio Ghibli picture that we recently saw, and it was really wonderful. It's from, I guess, about 20 years ago or something. It's got this plot that's sort of a combination of Japanese mythology and folklore elements and a kind of an environmental message, but done very originally and very beautifully. If you've got a taste or at least a tolerance for anime, you might want to check out Princess Mononoke. I hate talking over this lovely music, but I gotta get to some other stuff here, you know what I'm saying? First, I should tell you about some of the other stuff that you just heard that I hadn't mentioned yet. Before that music from Princess Mononoke, you heard a track by The Grassroots. Not a well-known track from them. It's called Feelings, and it's got that marimba thing from uh, the Rolling Stones under my thumb, and a little bit of the feel of the song uh, Laugh Laugh by the Bo Brummels. So, a pastiche, but I think a good record, and I always like The Grassroots. Before that was an instrumental track by an act called Pudding Club, and the song was called Kitty's Midnight Blessing. This show's been taking a long time to complete, which is a drag. Can't really help it. But things change over the course of making it, and when it began, I was going to just mention the Biff Rose thing and uh, throw in the Robbie Robertson mention. But now we got more people dying, and I'm going to keep it to the rule of three, you know, because that's what they say, you know, the rule of three. So, uh... Now, I did notice today that uh, Peter Frampton died, which is going to be horrible news for TFEB, but uh, that's not who I'm going to eulogize as my third subject. I guess it was about um, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, I don't know. There was a music blog that I used to check in on, and that introduced me to the album Cold Fact by Rodriguez, who was Sisto Rodriguez, and it knocked me out. When I heard the song Sugar Man... I used to carry it around on my little MP3 player. Right? I'd go to the city and hang out in bars with friends and say, hey, listen to this, listen to this song. I just think it's a masterpiece. And um, if you don't know the story of Sisto Rodriguez, it's a really unlikely, bizarre, and ultimately kind of beautiful story of an artist doomed to obscurity who became a manual laborer for decades and then was shocked to discover that the whole time he was a legend in South Africa and was brought over there and treated like a superstar. And there's a movie about it. I really recommend you see it because it's, it's really moving. The fact that he got some of the acclaim that he deserved is a small and rare stroke of real justice in this fucking world. So here's to you, Rodriguez. I salute you and your amazing work. You're going to hear the song Sugar Man. There are a lot of other songs I could play that are lesser known than this, but this was the one that hooked me. If you never heard it, you need to. If you have heard it, you know it's great and you'll enjoy it, right? Sugar Man. Then I got something my son turned me on to. Porter Robinson is a young DJ slash electronica artist, whatever the hell. Does very moody music, very emotionally dark stuff. And it's got a weird density to it, like a shrill murk. Make of that what you will. Song's called Hear the Bells. What else we got? Well, I'm a big fan of 70s Philly soul. You know, this great sound crafted by Gamble and Huff and Tom Bell and Linda Creed and all these great acts that cut these records, the stylistics, the spinners, the OJs. One of the big ones was Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And they had a whole bunch of hits. The Love I Lost, Bad Luck, If You Don't Know Me By Now. And they'd been going since the 50s, but they really hit the heights when Teddy Pendergrass was hired to sing for them. And he was a real superstar. 
kind of a lover man type in the same category, I guess, as Marvin Gaye or Al Green. And he went solo and was even bigger until he got in a car crash. I forget when that was, probably early 80s, and was paralyzed. Made a comeback, still had a career, but it was tragic because he was really riding high. So their sound was a great bridge from that soul sound that came out of Motown and Stax and everything into the disco era. Splits the difference. It's just, it hits a sweet spot for me. And I'm going to play one that you don't often hear. Where are all my friends? With titles like uh, The Love I Lost and Bad Luck. You can think of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes as the uh, darker side of Philly soul. They sing about unhappy topics. And this one here is something I can relate to, even though he's talking about how his friends all left him when he lost his money. I never had that particular problem. <laughs> I never had the money, but I did lose all the friends. They're all building back better. Gee, I miss them. Yeah, maybe I'll toss something else in the set at the end, but let's get right to Sisto Rodriguez and his great sugar man. I'm tired of these scenes For a blue coin Won't you bring back All those colors to my dreams Silver magic ships you carry Jumpers Coke, Sweet Mary Jane Black hole Silver magic ships You carry Jumpers, Coke Sweet Mary Jane Sugar man You're the answer That makes my questions Disappear Sugar man Cause I'm Dreams, silver magic. 
magic ships you carry Jumpers, Coke, Sweet Mary Jane Sugar Man, met a false friend On a lonely, dusty road Lost my heart when I found it It had turned to dead black hole
to have lots of fancy clothes and drive a big fine Cadillac. Not knowing all the time I had these things, my friends would stab me straight in my back. No, no, no. Even had a house there. Out there in Beverly Hills, I was moving so fast, yo.
That there was one of three movements from a piece called Ten by Marilyn Jane Ziffrin. She was roughly the same age as my mom, and although she composed a lot of music, including songs, chamber works, orchestral stuff, probably better known as an educator, she taught composition in New England and wrote a biography of the composer Carl Ruggles. I like what I've heard of her work, so I thought I'd give you a taste. But I'm still thinking about Sugar Man. Boy, that song. He covers, in a way, some of the same territory that Lou Reed did back in the Velvet Days, you know, like uh, Heroin and I'm Waiting for the Man. But from a different angle, there's a tenderness to Rodriguez. Not that uh, kind of blank, hard approach that Lou took on those songs. The lyrics just kill me, man. The sugar man, won't you hurry? Because I'm tired of these scenes. For a blue coin, won't you bring back all those colors to my dreams? This description of the impulse to oblivion as a solution or escape from despair, you know? That's powerful shit, I think. What's a bit about Sugar Man? Met a false friend on a lonely, dusty road. Lost my heart, and when I found it, it had turned to dead black coal. This is not trivial stuff. Now, in contrast to the story of Rodriguez, we have a guy here who didn't have a lot of success with his early music, but became very successful in the music business as an arranger and a producer. His name is Will Malone, an Englishman, and his credits include uh, The Verve, that uh, Bittersweet Symphony, I think he, that was his whole production. He worked with Depeche Mode, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden. He started out in the 60s in a band called The Orange Bicycle, a psych band that I think I played on a recent show. Doesn't matter, if I don't remember it, you probably don't either. I don't <laughs> We'll risk hearing it again. Last Cloud Home. I think it's a real credible psych single. But after that band broke up, he made an album called Funny Sad Music. And if you've ever heard Michael Nesmith's album, The Wichita Train Whistle Sings, it's kind of that type of project. He does cover versions of songs and, and a bunch of originals as well, with an orchestra and funny sound effects and noises and weird bullshit going on. The most unlikely version of Penny Lane you'll ever hear. A great cover of uh, Farmer's Daughter, which was one of Brian Wilson's first great songs for the Beach Boys. So his sensibilities are really in you know, the right place for my taste. And then after that, he had this sort of prog group called Bobak Jones Malone. They did one album that's really worth checking out kind of in a category all to itself. And you're gonna hear a track from it called On a Meadow, Bobak Jones Malone. Before that, I'll be playing a song from that uh, Funny Sad album. This is an original of Will Malone's called Pink. And we'll start with The Last Cloud Home by Orange Bicycle, which, if it's redundant, my apologies. Here's three from Will Malone. Let's go. 
So there you go. Next time you find yourself at a cocktail party or at a, um, a riot in the streets, and then somebody runs up to you and says, uh, hey, what can you tell me about Will Malone? Hurry. You'll know what to say. You'll be informed. That's my job. The show is coming to a close very soon. I want to jam a bunch of things in here for the hell of it. I got to thank Colin for the songs that he gave me. I didn't use any more of them those first few I played, but they're going to be coming up a lot more on the next one of these regular shows. When that'll be, I don't know. Some of you listeners who come across this thing and uh, like it, then let me know. Maybe I'll do more. But in the meantime, I got a lot of things coming for the Patreon. That's going to be my concentration. Now, speaking of 70s soul, and we were just a little while ago, you might remember a band, or you may not be old enough to remember, but you may have heard of a band called the Friends of Distinction. They had a big hit with a vocal version of Grazing in the Grass, originally an instrumental hit for Hugh Masakela. They also did Love or Let Me Be Lonely, You Got Me Going in Circles. Great act. Now, they had their origins in a band called the Hi-Fis. They worked a lot with Ray Charles, and the Hi-Fis were a quartet. Half of the quartet was Marilyn McCoo and Lamont McLemore. So they later went on to the Fifth Dimension, of course, who you know that I love. The other two, Harry Elston and Floyd Butler, went on to the Friends of Distinction. Now, I got a record here called Lonesome Mood, which is a cover of a song that was done by the Titans back in the 50s, and I played it on uh, maybe the last show or the show before that. So you can compare and contrast, you know what I'm saying? going from that jazzy era to this soulful era. And I'll stick with soul for one of my favorite all-time records, which I'm sure I've played before, but I'm going to play it again because it's one of my favorite records. And then I got other ones I'm going to play, but I'll probably just come back and talk about those after that because I talked enough. Here's your, uh, your Friends of Distinction with Lonesome Mood.
Tender and touching. Barbara Mason, she wrote that song as well as sang it so beautifully. And she wrote some other terrific songs. I should play some more of those numbers in the future, ones that uh, aren't as well known as that one. But I just felt like hearing it. I always feel like hearing that song. KC and the Sunshine Band. No, not the Sunshine Band. KC and Terry Desario covered it years later, which wasn't bad version, but that's, you know, God. We were talking before about artists who never got off the launch pad going to hit another one of them now. Her name is Risa Potters, and she cut, I think, two albums in the early 70s, and I think she might have been hired as a staff songwriter or something on A&M after that, but uh, she made a, a career in the music business as a kind of an insider, and maybe A&R, things like that. I'm not terribly sure, but she cut these two albums, and they are in the genre of the time. Female singer-songwriters like Carol King, Carly Simon, so forth. But she had her own thing going on, and I think she's unfairly forgotten. This is a song from an album of hers from 1970 called Half Woman, Half Child. The song is called Harvey Wrote a Play. I was wondering if it had something to do with Harvey Firestein. Maybe he was uh, somebody she knew, but I think he didn't get a play on Broadway until 10 years after that. So I don't know who the Harvey is she's talking about, if there is a Harvey, or if he wrote a play. But it's a great song about um, the problem of answered prayers. <laughs> you get what you think you want, or you get close to what you think you want, and then you realize that this is definitely not for you. I can dig it, Risa. And it's an unusual sound. There's like a almost show quality to it. It does sound like Broadway music, which is appropriate for the topic. I dig it. Hope you do. And then um, as we come to the close of the show, or close to it, maybe I'll get with a tune by T-Rex. And it'll be from an album called Tanks, which was my Waterloo with T-Rex. When that record came out, I just didn't like it. And it was a period of time where a lot of my favorite glam bands were putting out records that I couldn't stand, and it pushed me in other directions, which is a good thing, you know, because when I was into T-Rex, they were great, but it was good to move on to other horizons. Anyway, I've revisited the album. I still don't think it's great, but I think there's some good stuff on it, including this song, Mr. Mister. Did the title inspire the huge 80s band? I doubt it, but I wouldn't blame it on Mark Bolin anyway. Come on in, Risa Potters, and tell us about Harvey. 
friends is pretty much that gonna only have one more song here for the road and i'm gonna bookend it gonna end with another song by biff rose from his first album a thorn in mrs rose's side i think this is a gorgeous and profound song it's got some lyrics in it that might sound kind of spaced out some of them might sound corny but i think it touches on a theme that's woven through the show here which is don't look now but someone ahead of you is standing alone and singing now, I was too much of a coward to keep singing. <laughs> I got I got shot down. But I have uh, a great respect for the bravery it takes to put yourself out there and try to do this thing. And when people sing, they're bringing forth something really important in the world. That's something all these artists have in common. Biff spells it out here. And it is corny, and it is spaced out, and it is grounded as well. It's all those things, all of which are sides of Biff the sides I admired. It ends with the words, life is celebration. At its best, it is. So right now I celebrate the life of Biff Rose and I lift my buckaroo to all of you all. Hope you're celebrating your life. Tomorrow night, I'm supposed to be celebrating with the core, the original inspiration for Buckaroo Holiday. Hope it goes well. I'll tell you all about it soon. Here's The Man by Biff Rose. Thank you for listening to Buckaroo Holiday. Don't look now, but someone ahead of you is standing alone and singing. He's just a man and he knows who he is, contented within his own being. His name might be John, his name might be Christ, some call him Joe Destiny. 
But listen a little longer to the sound in his soul And you'll know he's really you learn to kill to defend what he thinks is right the murderer shows his face in many forms I make him live in you and in me there's a man learning to be free from the pressure of all his killing man before you you see let him know he's really you and me see the reflection of where you've been before I see you in my mirror feel the power within your own silence separation real so I can feel the pain of my opinion there is no separation in reality now I can see of all isolation please help the man before you you see life is celebration